to The Marketing Podcast, the number one podcast helping aspiring entrepreneurs level up their marketing. Here's your host, Augustine. Let the class begin. Hey guys, and welcome back to yet another episode on The Marketing Podcast, Digital Marketing Tips and Insights, episode 172. Now, in today's episode, we actually were supposed to talk about the Podcasting 101 series, which is always every Friday today being a Friday. However, I want to talk about something different. Um, And that is some of the lessons I learned when I was starting out in business at the age of 20, right? So if you know a bit bit of my backstory is that I started business way back uh, when I was still in high school I used to sell, I used to sell peanuts. I believe episode twenty four I talked about it. I used to sell peanuts um at school. Um, I used to smuggle in food and sell to people, and essentially like I would sell to someone food and um then still again like borrow food from them after selling um you know selling to them. So that's kind of when I started, but like really when I started like running a business that is actually registered, that's actually something legit was at the age of twenty if I can remember quite well. And obviously, you know, starting business at a very young age, there are obviously tons of mistakes that you'll make, tons of mistakes based on the inexperience. Um, I'm not even saying that I'm experienced at the moment, but at least, you know, there are some experience that I've gathered along the way and I'm able to make some decisions. But at the age of 20, I mean... um, you know, based on the inexperience, sometimes you tend to make um, immature judgment. And this, some of the things that, you know, I learned from that experience. And for me, it was very important because I also learned a lot of things that uh, kind of like shaped up the way I approach different subjects on different topics um, and made me kind of, you know, mature really fast. Right. Um and one of the things is when I was starting out with Sift, um, obviously, you know, one of the things that I learned was to never rush anything, right? And I remember when I was starting out, like I was really so much in a rush to start making money immediately, start finding clients um, immediately. You know, I wanted to, you know, m- make millions. I mean, who doesn't? But then again, I was so much in a rush. I rushed everything. I remember I was taking like advice from almost everyone. So what to me seemed uh, right at the moment, you know, because, you know, this person said you should be doing this. You should work more on your PR. You should work more on your personal brand or you should charge X amount of money. It's something that I felt right at the moment. And I used to follow like different, um, simply like follow with the crowd. Whatever someone will share with me or advise me to do is what I will follow, right? And being in a rush, obviously, there were obviously loopholes in the business. There are some things that, you know, I rushed to, into that um, I could say I regret um, because it kind, of, it kind of like shook the whole business and... Um, uh, you know, I didn't have the time to look back and correct certain things, etc. But it's one of the things that I learned, like never to rush into anything. You just simply have to take your time. Um, the fact of the matter that you know something and that you're good at something 
maybe you're skilled at something or you're knowledgeable or you know you can offer a certain service doesn't necessarily mean you're good at business that's one thing i really learned that it doesn't matter how good you are um you really need to be to learn how business works especially the industry that you're in you really need to understand and it actually takes time and i remember that time was i used to you know see myself as this expert you know and I wanted to get to the level that um, people will respect me for what I know or for what I was able to do. Because the things I used to do at the age of 20 are really crazy. I don't think there's, you know, a lot of people who were able to do what I do, to be quite honest. Um, I, you know, from starting my first, you know, my, my first legit business, writing books. At that time, I had written two books. Um I was very active educating people, which has always been kind of my passion. Um, I was attending a lot of networking events. Um, I, I did a lot, I have to say that. But I feel like I was too much in a rush and too much ahead of myself that I didn't take time to probably think about uh my progression and what exactly i want to do and that's why i say like you really need to take time and not rush into anything so that's kind of the first thing that i learned and the other thing that i learned is when you're looking at let's say uh when you're looking for a business partner so you're starting a business and you want to maybe partner up with someone the one thing that I learned because I also had the experience where um and it's not only the first you know business I had I've also worked in a startup company where I was a founding member etc and when you're looking to partner with someone you know there are a lot of things that you should always look out for um obviously one of the things that you know you look out for is hiring around your weaknesses someone that can support you in different aspects um, you could be maybe good in leadership, meaning you can, you know, t sort of like take the role of uh, chief executive officer. You kind of understand, you know, the economics of the business, etc. But you're not creative. So you have someone, you partner up with someone who works in the creative department that could be in the marketing and um, pretty much marketing department. And then you can have someone who's good with numbers, have them as your CFO, someone who's good with like well, the technical stuff, your CTO, and like I mentioned, your CMO, etc. Right? So that's kind of like you know, ways that a lot of companies do that they hire around their weaknesses, um, so that you kind of like um sort of help each other or complement each other in different things, right? So that's very important, and that's exactly actually what I was doing at that time, looking at uh people who were doing things that i needed sort of like help with or maybe work that i didn't want to do so like i will partner with people etc based on the fact that i saw that someone can do something and blindly partnering up with them and what i can say like when it comes to partnership you have to treat it like uh it's it's like marriage um there's a lot of that goes into that you know this uh when once you start becoming equal founders of anything there's a lot of um sharing of information there's a lot of spending time together there's a lot of um uh, chemistry that is involved with that you know you have to understand how the other person ticks um and they also have to understand how you tick right and remember that time like for me it was more of i know this guy and i know he can do this right so i never really put in a lot of thought in that and i um 
you know, will pick anyone to work with at any time without really doing really a background check and seeing whether actually we are quite compatible to work together as founders. Because essentially the thing is this, what I've realized is sometimes you don't really need to partner with someone. Sometimes you can um, collaborate on different things and that's all right so that you, you're not really um, sort of like legally obligated to be always like stuck together. Because like I've said, it's like marriage. You have to have your prenup. Uh, set in place and you also have to plan in uh, for, for the worst case scenario which is the divorce or like uh, when you want to dissolve the business or the company right so it's something you have to put into into con uh, uh, consideration and at that time it's not something that i really thought of um it's only later on that you know after working with someone for some time then you realize that oh maybe from the from a work ethic perspective not really the right person to work with they're good at what they're doing but um not really the right person and that's you know one of the mistakes i made um back when i was 20 right and i quickly learned from that like sometimes it's better that maybe collaborate with someone or have someone employed if you if you feel that uh if they really want to work with you and they're um you know, open to being employed by you. So it's something you can do so that you kind of have like full control over the business. The other thing that I learned was to uh, obviously do your due diligence uh, when you're working with, when you're collaborating with anyone. And I, and I talked about a lot of the sort of like, let me say, you know, the biggest um financial brokerage firm in let me say east africa just not to give it away uh, which uh, brokerage firm it is you know approaching me and uh, i had this huge offer on the table and from you know doing my due diligence and i've also actually talked about it doing my due diligence and looking at what actually the brand that i'm trying to build stands for and what these company because it's a big company its headquarters is not actually not in east africa it's somewhere in europe right and what exactly they wanted me to do so the financial opportunity that that was there was enormous for myself and for the business and for me to put myself on the map and uh, the company that I was building in east africa at that point but from doing my due diligence and you know following the ethics that um the company was building like because the, the one thing with me is that uh and it's, it's something that i you know i feel like everyone should sort of like um have as part of their system you know as part of um you know building the brand or however they go about business or about life is you have to be really open and you have to come from a space where you really want to provide value right and once you know exactly what values that you know you want to provide now this is me speaking now from experience or basically from what i do right and i'm going to explain why this slogan has um you know sift process of outcome has been there for a very long time now four years and i can kind of explain now how process of outcome came to be um is that you should you know once you know the value you're bringing and you know you have your culture etc don't move away from that let people know who you for who you are or your company for what your company does or um how your company the values that your company is, your company has to offer right so it's something that you know the offer when the offer came it's it's an offer that i could not 
accept at the time because it was going against um, what I was trying to establish as a brand for myself and as a brand for the company, right? So that's the other thing, due diligence. Um, and just going back to talking about, you know, process of outcome and where the slogan came from, if you're not really aware, that was uh, probably like four years ago where I was trying to, you know, get a hold of, uh, okay, backstory now. I was working in Frankfurt, interning at an investment bank in Frankfurt. And at that time, you know, I was a student, broke, not a lot of money, but um, very eager to learn. I'm not saying I have money or anything, but I'm just, you know, saying how, how, how it was at that time. Very eager to learn. So I was in a group of people who are, so quote unquote, like investors or investment bankers, etc. And I was learning a lot from them. And I remember, you know, talking to them. And these are people who really had a lot of money. And in my case, you know, as a student, you know, students don't necessarily have a lot right right and i was you know kind of in a rush to start making money and being you know at the same level with them so that you know when they're discussing certain topics when it comes to investments because they'll talk about investment opportunities i don't know in new york or in um punta cana or i don't know where like different places and you can't really uh talk with them about you know or share with them on the same conversation because you are just in different worlds uh financial or economically so i was kind of trying to catch up and be at the level very fast and i remember when i was starting out i was really failing at what i did now literally i mean failing and if you don't understand what failing is failing is when you blow up every single penny you have and you don't have a job if you go through such an adversity it sort of like changes everything for you once you come out of that and this is when i was 20 right now i'm 24 not even old but it's four years down the line and at that time because i was doing something over and over and it was not really working out i had to because, you know, if you're doing something over and over and it's not really working out, it's kind of sort of like the definition of madness, right? So I had to look at different ways, a different approach to take, right? And I remember I was reading a lot of financial books, trading books. Um, we started off by reading um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. But then I moved on to reading even more. I read more than 30 financial or trading books. Um and that's how I was able to write even my own trading book. And one of the trading books that I was able to um, read and like was one called One Good Trade by Mike Belafure. Mike Belafure owns, um, what's it is? Um, a prop firm, a proprietary firm called SMB Capital in New York, right? And he always talked about, you know, having just one good trade and being patient and emphasize a lot on process of outcome and when i was reading that book it changed the perspective um in my mind that focus really on the process and the outcome will follow and at that time you know i was really working hard on um making sure that i really enjoyed the process and i sort of like made made it my slogan it's process of outcome everyone i talk to is i always say like process of outcome and it really changed how i view things 
and how I am able to, you know, sort of like make judgments and um, like we can give an example, like for example, GMP. I told you like when I started GMP, we are now doing the 172nd episode, right? And when I started, for me, it wasn't really, um, like I said, at first, it was quite random. Like I was doing like random topics. And obviously, I was always keen with the download numbers, performance, am I able to monetize it and etc. But shifting now the mindset back to process of outcome, that completely went went out the window. Like I didn't really care about the download numbers, who's listening, um, um, you know, about monetizing, etc. For me, it was more of what do I actually want to do with the podcast, right? And that's when, you know, like sort of like process of outcome comes. Because if you think about podcasts, uh, we've talked about it on the Podcasting 101 series. Most of them don't go past the seventh episode. Most of them, you know, we have this, this sort of like pod fade. A lot of people give up. There are a lot of podcasts around the globe. Uh, close to two million now, if I'm not wrong. But a lot of people, you know, stop podcasting. And you can actually check this. A lot of people start podcasts. But stop podcasting either because, you know, they're not making money from it because it's, you know, getting those high, huge download numbers is not really common in the podcasting space. That's based on statistics and analytics. Um, So most of, you know, most of the time it's usually for the monetization purposes. And that usually doesn't end well, especially if you're not, your podcast is not really popping or you're not sort of like a celebrity or like a micro influencer or a nano influencer or an influencer in general. And shifting that mindset, and it's something also I learned from, I saw from Eric Sue, uh, from the marketing, from marketing school, also, also a marketing podcast, where he talked about when he was starting his own podcast that is leveling up, he used to get like nine downloads a day, right? But for him, it was more of what he was able to do with his podcast. So for himself, he always interviews different people. So for him was like, I was able to interview someone, get to know them, connect with them. They they got to know me. I got to ask questions and learn a lot from them, right? So that was kind of like his purpose. And looking at TMP when I started like, you know, the Sift podcast and now, you know, TMP, for me, it was more of a documentation of like a personal journal for my growth process in marketing because like after like like i said i specialize in marketing at the university i didn't feel like i learned a lot and that's why you know i kind of sort of like shifted and i was like i need to learn this thing on my own but essentially i need to have something that will hold me accountable and will sort of like speed up my learning curve and that's why i shifted it from sift podcast to the marketing podcast around uh, the 30 maybe 37th episode is when i shifted and it sort of like accelerated the learning curve I had to go through to learn different disciplines in digital marketing, right? Because I had to now, because I was doing it with a purpose. For me, it was more of learning, you know, doing an episode from Monday to Friday. Before that, I used to do an episode a week, just one episode or maybe two episodes, or sometimes even not even have like um, a schedule. I will do an episode this week and then two weeks I don't do an episode and then I do another episode. Until the point where I changed, I was like, let me do it from Mondays to Fridays and hold myself accountable. And that's where everything changed. Because the thing about doing a podcast is you actually have to do certain things. Like with TMP, like I've mentioned, I have to actually do the experiments I talk about. I have to actually go through the experience. And you can only go through the experience if you create the experience yourself. That is, you have to actually 
put yourself in a situation where you uh, you're able to experience something right if it means for example handling clients i have to put myself in a situation where actually i'm talking to clients that means i have actually have to set up a, a business or freelance or do something of the sort right same thing we did with the fiverr freelancing where i you know sort of used uh tmp as a as an accountability tool like i'm going to freelance on fiverr and see how it works and I actually did that for close to six months until it got to a point where i was like it's not really worth my time and but i i proved my aim was to prove that you can actually freelance on fiverr and actually make money did i take it really too seriously not really if i could have given it more time maybe i could be doing much better on fiverr right but i just gave it enough time just to prove that actually you can make money online you can go to fiverr and offer and you know even the services that i used to offer it's something that anyone can do it's not like really something that you know you need special education on so simply it was for me to prove that you know opportunities are there you really need to be clever with how you go about things right but getting back to the podcast and that is um the learning like it has been for me like a learning experience for me holding myself accountable to the point that now i enjoy every single day you know recording today like today i'm coming from work and you know tired taking taking a bath and now i'm you know seated down recording it has become a passion with time and you can see that's the reason now you know tmp is now close to 200 episodes and since the focus was on the process not the outcome we've been also able to see you know tmp being on top 20 on apple podcasts of different countries in 2020 in 2021 at some point we also topped the charts on apple podcasts in marketing of countries like finland kenya denmark taiwan peru australia things that i actually never thought of before and um to me still as much as exciting they might seem they're still vanity because they do not um okay they might play a role in terms of building that awareness and people getting to being you know attracted to tmp and wanting to listen to it that plays a huge role right but in terms of directly impacting what i'm doing it doesn't really affect the motivation that i am you know i have for the podcast right and recording it every single day and that's simply you know explain why you need to focus on you know process of outcome or why i do that right focusing purely on the process and you know the outcome follows and exactly going just back to tmp it's an example i like to give right now when i am you know sort of like setting up the agency and everything um talking to different clients trying to structure different things because you know from the following month i really actually even from now i'm actually so busy working like almost you know trying to set everything up right and you can see that i've documented the whole process right i've documented the whole process um from when i started learning when i started freelancing the websites i've had um the you know different things that i've learned in the process different experiences etc to a point where it's coming that um i'm almost going full time as an agency almost going full time it'll still take time i don't know but 
you can sort of feel like it's almost there you know the time is almost right another thing about process of outcome is simply taking your time and that's one of the things that you know i learned when i was 20 uh, about business you know process over outcome take your time go through the hurdles gain that experience enjoy that for me i enjoy doing uh, tmp i enjoy learning how to you know the different disciplines in marketing becoming an expert at seo becoming an expert at uh, doing sem expert at running uh, you know running online ads etc all of that for me it's very interesting right understanding the psychology of consumers and trying out you know sort of like different experiments and then regurgitating that information through the podcast and you know sharing what i've learned through the podcast or the websites or um, through networking events or platforms like Clubhouse, etc. So it's one of the things that I learned and it's something I find really Im- important. And it's one thing that, you know, I will obviously recommend that anyone's, anyone does the same. Anyway, pretty much that's it. I know this is a long episode. You know, it's a Friday. Um, if you like the episode, make sure to, you know, rate, review and uh, share the episode together with the podcast. And also subscribe to the newsletter on the website that is www.themarketingpodcast.live. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Uh, But until then, see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to The Marketing Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, class dismissed.